Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, I hate to kick it right to you, Binkley, because I know you're pressing buttons and stuff. I forgot about that. But I am eager to hear about the study, the mask study out of, is it Cambridge in England? Yes, University of Cambridge in England, you know, one of our most prestigious universities on the planet, apparently. Really high standards to get inside of, of Cambridge. Well, they released a study on masks. See, what they were trying to solve was, you know, masks have edges, obviously. And these edges, they allow air to get in, which can allow dangerous microbes and viruses to get inside of your face. So they were trying to solve that problem. And they've actually been testing seven different ways to solve that problem for the past two years. They started this in 2020, and they just now published this today. And this is a peer-reviewed study. So peer-reviewed, and I'm going to tell you the seven ways that they tested and which one was the best, what the winner was. Here are the seven ways that they tested to seal up masks to make them more safe for us to protect us from the virus. Number one, they tested taping the edges of a mask to one's <laughs> face. With like taping, tape? putting tape on a person's <laughs> face. So wear a mask and then put the tape on your face right. to make sure the mask is there. So that's their first brilliant idea. The second one was to stuff the sides full of medical gauze. You know, the <laughs> stuff. <laughs> okay. The third one is binding the mask to the face it's called the mummy method with the medical gauze i mean you can you can make sure that nothing can survive a mask but i'm pretty sure that's only if the wearer also cannot survive it right yeah you can just kill the person then yeah i mean you could literally take duct tape and duct tape their mouth and nose shut yeah the next one Putting a knot in the ear loops. This was the least intrusive one, just knotting the ear loops so it goes a little tighter. This is two years. They did two years, and I don't know how much public funding they spent on this. The final one, oh, no, the best one. There's two more. Rubber bands around the front to create a brace against the mouth. And there's a photo of this, and there's rubber bands just pulling the person's (laughs) face back. So maybe they should have those little uh, devices from when kids have braces. You know, like, like a, a headgear. You give them head yeah, headgear. Head I had a headgear for a little while. I think it's terrible. <laughs> I would not wear that just to go into a CVS. Definitely right. Oh, and the final one, a slice of pantyhose wrapped around the face. I guess like they're a bank robber oh, or something. Yes. So you can. That that's a great idea. So put like a turtleneck up here and the pantyhose down there, and that's uh, that's better for everybody. Well, the winner was the pantyhose. That was the one that <laughs> offered the most protection. All of them were better than just the mask, apparently, but the pantyhose was best. But the only problem is that the people who were, you know, doing this involved, I don't know why you'd be a participant in this study. All of them hated wearing all of these things. Obviously, (laughs) they did. And then they concluded that they still, even though they don't like wearing them, it's still in a high risk situation. You might want to rubber band your face up or (laughs) maybe glue, maybe some wood glue, some staples. I, I don't know. Personally. My personal opinion is that the fakemaskworldwide.com sells the healthiest masks. Oh, really? Yeah, because I think that if you can breathe through them, you have a chance of being healthy (laughs) and fighting things off. 
No. I don't they, know. Yeah. I, I, they're actually that Nora Gadgaudis had, I think it was literally a 70 page PDF of all the studies about masks, their efficacy, their safety, their impact on your health. I mean, I do wonder if the reason that we're hearing about so many, well, I did notice a spate, not lately, but a spate of lung cancer deaths that I was worried was associated with the acid, you know, the acidosis that can happen when you have a mask on all the time. The kidney doctors used to tell you not to wear a mask if you had kidney problems because it does cause the blood, may can cause the blood to break acid. Yeah. Well, I, I think they could just put cement in people's mouth and nose just to plug yeah. up all the oh, holes. Oh, yeah. Duct tape. Absolutely. So, hey, you you were right. There was – oh, are you finished with that? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, that, that's right. that's the research. That's the top university on the planet. So I think we're in trouble. The future is in trouble if this is what the best universities are doing. Agreed. You were right that that story about Zucker having to step down simply because he didn't disclose his romantic relationship with a longtime coworker. They were both divorced. It changed its character over COVID and they didn't come out right away. This is Jeff Zucker. And I think her name is Allison Gallist. Maybe I think that's right. I can't remember now. So, so you were saying, yeah, there's something more to the story. And then I, I felt like I got a challenge thrown down by a tweet saying, I know you and Brad are going to get to the bottom of the story. And I think I, I think I, I can, I'm going to take a guess at what I think is really going on. And I actually find it interesting because most of the time stuff that you see in the media, I consider that just about all propaganda is out there, not because it's false, but because it serves an agenda. So something like this, I always figure has some big agenda behind it, but actually, and, and I rarely think about little petty squabbles or one-on-one -on -one personal issues as being behind anything you ever hear. But I think this might be a little bit of small ball in that context. And I'll tell you what, uh, what I mean by that. So I guess the guy who made the call to get rid of Zucker because of that. So when Chris Cuomo was being investigated, Zucker was asked it about this relationship and he disclosed it. There was no, I can't find any funny business about his disclosure during the Chris Cuomo investigation. But CNN has a policy that if you are the authority over somebody and you're having a relationship with them and you're in a position to promote them or punish them, I guess, you have to disclose that. And Zucker just didn't do it in real time. It's like, what do you do? Like if you have a one night stand, you like get on the phone to your boss in the morning, like, hey, buddy, guess what just happened? Well, tell me the details. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess you're supposed to do that, but they didn't. But when it came to something important, he did actually reveal it. Well, as soon as it came out, the guy who, I guess his name is Killar, who is the head of Warner, Me Warner Media. Now, Warner Media is, is spinning off, or AT&T is spinning off Warner Media and CNN and merging it with Discovery, and they're going to call it Warner Brothers Discovery. So this guy, Killar, was, um, doesn't know where he's going to fall out killer killer yeah I know. <laughs> in that in that transition but zucker did know zucker actually knew like he was he said he was going to leave 2021 but he didn't and he may have been well positioned so as soon as this came out apparently this guy just used i don't know i shouldn't say that he's being accused by the anchor people of just taking zucker out just taking him out um 
aggressively and quickly. And the specifics were that I was reading across different media outlets as he called a meeting with the anchors, I don't know, Stelter, Tapper, Don Lemon, who I think seems like in these articles are pretty loyal to Zucker and that it's coming out makes me think that I feel like it's Zucker throwing like a hand grenade over his shoulder on the way out the door. But they were pissed apparently at this guy for just letting him go. And what I think it was Tapper, this was attributed to, said Chris Cuomo came in and said, if you don't give me a fat severance package, then I'm going to let stuff leak and this is what it says in, I think it's Wall Street Journal article or CNN, one of the, or Fox, like one of those big outlets saying that Tapper said Chris Cuomo was trying to blackmail Zucker and Zucker wouldn't go for it. So Cuomo went ahead and, and uh, released the hounds and got Zucker fired. Like that is what the story is right now. I, 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 I was surprised because it was kind of small. It kind of, it's kind of petty. And but I think it's possible that even in the in the uppermost echelons of power, you have self-interest. And I think it's interesting to demonstrate that when it happens. I think that they're probably extremely petty. I think that when people have that much money and power, I think that they can get super petty because they just have the money to be petty. Sometimes people just aren't petty because they can't afford to be. So, like, if if you wanted to really get somebody that was your enemy and you have a lot of money. You're okay investing that money in messing with somebody. Yeah, this I actually think that this situation is a different strata than how I think about what you're saying, which is like there's the Uber elite, the people who who don't work, who don't actually pay income taxes because they don't have jobs like this. I think these guys that are kind of the they're not really that. Well, I guess they are somewhat masters of the universe. That's usually refers to the finance guys, but that they care about their jobs and their careers. I mean, Zucker's only 56 and he probably had hopes of ascending the ranks. Now, yesterday we learned that he felt like he's going to have to report to somebody he didn't like, maybe this guy. Uh, but now he's out and that guy's winning. I think they are playing that small game of just how to, how to deal with the corporate world and reach those highs. Like, I don't think either of them is finished yet, but I think the press that's coming down on this guy, it may be the end of him too. I don't know. Um, but one thing is what I did read is that CNN, of course, like the ratings aren't doing great, but a lot of cable is going down, but they're about to launch CNN plus, which is a paid app. So have you noticed this lately? Like you want to watch a show. I was trying to watch Yellowstone and it told me to like buy, I think I have to subscribe to the Peacock app. Is that possible? Yeah, Yeah, probably. So, I mean, are you going to really have to subscribe to each channel individually? That's the way it's going, yeah. But I just feel like what that's going to do, so when you get cable and you've got like a whole bunch of different channels, you're you're just paying 100 bucks, I get 100 channels, like, okay, whatever. I'm not going to think too hard about it. But if you have to pay like 5 or $10 each channel, you're really going to think hard about how your entertainment dollars are spent. And like, if it's 100 bucks and it's just 10 of those and you're going to have to buy it, then you're really going to think about whether I want this anymore. You're going to cancel it. You're going to think of like Rockfin as, as like a better value, which it is. And, you know, you're going to think hard about the individual artists and companies that you want to support. And it actually is quite empowering to us. And I, I, I think that that's either acknowledging that they're old 
model doesn't work and taking like a, a suboptimal model or they're wrong. <laughs> you know, they're wrong. And it's not going to yeah. work. I, I don't know. Maybe I need to learn more about it, but it well, doesn't. I brought, I brought, that, I brought a story about that uh, yeah. about two, three weeks ago. And what they're doing is they're shifting over to streaming because that's where a lot of the, the ratings are going. They get most of their views online. So their ratings on television are very, very low, but their online presence is pretty big and they're shifting to streaming like a lot of other networks are. And what that's going to do is that's going to keep people in their silos even more when it comes to networks like CNN, because you're right. People aren't going to buy it that just I don't, I'm not going right. to pay for a CNN streaming thing to hate watch them. I'll hate watch of them course. for free. But people who really buy into it are going to pay for it. And that's right. The echo chamber. Very, very good point. And they what they're I'm sure trying to do is to monetize something that they feel they're giving away. Yeah. But it it has a symbiotic relationship with the stuff they're putting on Hulu or DirecTV or whatever. And that's where they get like big pharma dollars. Like you need, it's a competition between subscriptions and ads. And they, I mean, it depends on how much you want to propagandize. You're right. You're going to have a more polarized world, but you're, it's going to, it, it's like when Marlboro stopped putting or lobbied to get tobacco ads to stop they wanted to lock in their market share, but locked in it was. And and that was good for them because they were so big. But you have to decide, is your silo big enough? Because that when that hammer comes down and that iron curtain descends between Fox and CNN, no one's ever, you, you, CNN's not propagandizing anybody on the Fox side. You're right. You're absolutely right on that. Yeah, they might find that once they start charging that price, that their online viewership goes down significantly because perhaps a lot of that online viewership was also hate watching. Cause I really do think yeah. they get a lot of their viewers from people who just don't like them. Absolutely. I mean, I used to say we're paying for our own brainwashing, but I meant like, because we're also watching Pfizer ads, not because we were literally out of pocket. I mean, that's just not, I just don't, I just don't think the propaganda model works when you're literally asking people like, thank you, sir. I have another, thank you, sir. I have another, I mean, I'd like to see how it evolves. I don't know, but, um, but as far as pure propaganda goes, I'm sure they have a backup plan. It's just, this oh, seems yeah. like, like CNN plus isn't, isn't going to be all it's cracked up to be. No, they still are hosting the council on foreign relations meetings with all the CIA agents. And they're still delivering the topics of news to the local news around the country. So they still have that influence. It might not be as overt, but they're still definitely. Enforcing yes, I, guess, power. I guess maybe it will, they will try to make lemonade out of it by saying, look, now it's going to look like we have a million different sources. Half of that million is going to be the left bullshit and half of that million is going to be the right bullshit. Yeah. But, but it may look that it's been like, it's been like democratized and, you know, so I'm sure they have a backup plan, but it feel, feels to me like the internet limited hangout definitely is hanging, you know, it's hanging some of them out. <laughs> it's hanging them out for sure. Yeah, hanging out. I want to give you a quick update on Garland yes. and the election integrity yes, yes, investigation from Voter GA. So this is coming from his press release. And I did watch his press conference about a week and a half ago or so where he laid out where they are and took some questions from people. And there were some interesting questions. But they announced during the press conference that a new chain of custody study has revealed that nearly 107,000 Dropbox ballots from the November 2020 election have improper chain of custody forms that call into question the authenticity 
of these ballots. It's a statewide analysis of the ballot transfer forms obtained via an open records request. And this number is expected to increase from the 107,000 because many of the counties acknowledge that they cannot produce oaths or collection team members, or they admit that they've destroyed the surveillance videos in spite of the federal laws and state laws. They destroyed some of those documents. They destroyed a lot of things. Watching this press conference, it seems like no county had any answers. They're just like, uh, we can't help you. Sorry, pretty wow. much. I can't believe that this is finally coming up like over a year later. Yeah, I know. And then they discovered many counties had no records of how many total ballots were collected from the drop boxes. So there was no way to determine wow. how the ballots were collected when several days worth of forms were missing. So they gave some examples, some some specific examples of improper chain of custody issues that violate the state election board rules. I can give you those examples if you want to hear them. Yeah, but I I just want to say, I think Kemp did like gin this up now. I think he was probably given permission now that it's definitely too late and that he is running and maybe that was the deal he made because I think that's what prompted all this, right? Didn't Kemp, did you happen to stumble upon that? I'm not sure. I think they credit they credited some news outlet for doing an in-depth investigation and that prompted I think it was Kemp. I don't think it was Raffensperger. No, it wasn't Raffensperger. Right. So it was well, he was trying to bandwagon a little bit. You know, he was trying to bandwagon a little bit. He was like, the corruption in Fulton County won't be tolerated. It was like, um, but you're the one who's protecting it. But with Kemp, yeah. I think it was Kemp who brought this up and let it let it finally kind of bubble to the surface. No doubt, like too little, too late, but uh, I think he was under a lot of, I mean, I'm no fan of Kemp, but I, I do think he was under some like very, uh, really scary pressure to not, not sound the alarm on the election. Raffensperger was not involved. Garland made it clear that right, Raffensperger good. is Great. Cu- covering this up. He is yeah. burying this and he- yeah. helping cover this up. And he's 100% right about that. Raffensperger is a deep state operative. If I've ever seen one, you can't find anything about his background. Very, very little. The guy is a plant. He's been here for decades, and I don't know who he's working for, but you can't trust the guy. So here are the examples of the violations involved. Chain of custody forms that are unsigned by collection team members, so they didn't sign the forms. Forms with only one person identified on the pickup team. There's supposed to be multiple people in the pickup team. Forms with no name. Wow. Yes, of course. There must be multiple people. Yeah, so no name on who picked it up. Forms not received on the same day as the pickup. They arrived on a different day. And there are forms with collection times after the drop-off times. Even if it's incompetence, it's it just it invalidates the results. It's not incompetence, but I mean, because it's just too much. It's too much. Think about how serious it is to <laughs> yeah. be an official responsible for the accurate tabulation of ballots, the collection and tabulation. And this is what makes the whole... Um, one of the things that makes the Dropbox mail-in thing a problem is that you really, it's a, it happens over a space of time. It comes from different places. Whereas if you go in to a place that is being watched and you cast your ballot and you go home and it all gets done in one day in one room with observers, it's harder to do that kind of thing, especially if you have paper ballots. Yeah, I will put this press release in the show notes as well as a link to Garland's press conference. And a couple of things stood out to me in there. There was a story told about somebody went, it might have been Gwinnett, I can't remember, remember, but they went to one of the precincts and somebody was there to watch the drop boxes. And they said, well, what will you do if someone comes here and just stuffs like 100 ballots in here? And the response was, oh, we won't do anything. 
So they're there to watch it, but they had no plan to stop it if it did happen. And someone did ask a question who was there. Is this factual? Is this stuff based on facts or, or what? They had, I guess, had never heard any of this stuff yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Garland was like, yeah, it's based on facts. It's the <laughs> only thing based on facts. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I have a story about a tennis player, but I'm going to save it for the XR because I think our live show might have been deleted from YouTube from last week. And I just don't want to, I cannot find it. So, um, and I thought I got a takedown, but I thought it was Hirshhorn. And since we might then only have one strike left, let's save it for the (laughs) Rockfin exclusive DNBXR live. Yeah. If we have two strikes then the third strike, it's gone. So let's, let's just try to hang on for it's a fight another day. And, and maybe we take the break now. All right. Well, before we get to our deepest dive of the day, where we will explore the depths of the troop movements around Ukraine, I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the XR, which is what Monica just mentioned about the tennis player and what is Miss French Gates up to now. And a new study reveals the top three most attractive traits in a partner. We'll tell you what those are. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor of today's show, Liberty Gear. Liberty Gear, or excuse me, we did True Hip Science. We can do both. We love like they're fantastic companies. Huge patrons. They love us and we love them. They make our lives brighter. Liberty Gear was yesterday, but True Hemp Science, you got it. It's like our first dual sponsorship (laughs) we're giving right now. (laughs) LibertyGear.net, great mask, protest gear. Check them out. If you want to contact them, contact them to customize stuff. TrueHempScience.com. True Hemp Science is your CBD experts. They have fantastic, high-quality products. I was not into CBD at all until I started talking with Chris and trying some of their products. And I realized that I do like some of these products because he gets to know his customers and he kind of personalizes it to your needs. And that helped me out a whole lot. So check them out at TrueHempScience.com. I know, Monica, you have a lot yeah. of I love, I mean, just the quality is unreal. If you are already a fan of CBD, like you are not going to find better quality than True Hemp Science. Absolutely no question about that. Yeah, so type in the promo code prop code in your checkout and you will get a discount for Propaganda Report listeners. And if you haven't yet, check us out on Rockfin, rockfin.com slash Propaganda Report. Rockfin is an emerging video platform, pro-liberty, pro-free speech, pro-decentralization, allows us to say the things that we can no longer say on YouTube that will get us strikes on YouTube. (laughs) We can say them here. So come here and what you get with your subscription to Rockfin is you get ad-free DNBXR Monday through Wednesday with DNBXR live stream on Thursday exclusive to Rockfin with the XR portion. You get propaganda report deep dives. You get interviews posted early release with video when available and you get all of the Rockfin content from all of the creators on Rockfin. Lots of great creators. Sam Tripoli, Whitney Webb, the mad ones. Lots of good stuff on there. Check it out. Rockfin.com slash propaganda report. Now on to the deepest dive of the day. This is the deepest dive of the day for the Propaganda Report and the Drive Time News Blast. So a couple of things have happened, and I have this little code crack. One is we've announced that we are, or Biden announced that he's moving troops to our NATO allies closest to Ukraine. So he's taking troops that are already in Europe and pushing them to near Ukraine to support our NATO allies in case Russia invades Ukraine. Now, the 
backstory there, according to all the mainstream media, is, and they've shown pictures of massive troop movements on the board, border of Ukraine, that Belarus is just full of Russian soldiers now, and that's what's happening. So clearly Putin means to invade Ukraine. So, But if you dig in, it says that those are joint military exercises in Belarus. And what I thought, now this is interesting because I'm... The entire narrative about Ukraine from the very beginning from the West has been a complete lie. We actually interviewed someone, uh, uh, Professor Oliver Boyd Barrett, who made wrote a whole book about Western mainstream media and the Ukraine narrative and what a lie it is. So, and I was on top of that from way back then. Uh, but and isn't that does, he liberal, by the way? Yeah. But he's a like a media propaganda professor. Right. Yeah. I just think that's a relevant point because usually when people hear that, they think right wing stuff. But this guy is not a, a right winger. No. Um, so anyway, but there is a lot of there's a lot of propaganda from the West, but there's also propaganda from Russia, too. So I looked and I said, oh, these are joint military exercises in Belarus and they are planned every four years. So we, I'm, I'm guessing that we planned our reaction by setting it up to look like Russia is mobilizing. But there was a little wrinkle in my trying to get to pull on that thread, which is, yes, every year Russia does a joint exercise, east, west, north, south. So it cycles around every four years. So it was Belarus's turn in September 2021, and they did do their joint exercises. But then in December, they announced more exercises in Belarus in February or March. And that is what we're looking at right now. So it isn't exactly like on schedule. However, you won't find anyone anywhere saying, except for Putin claims that they're exercises. I actually found what seems to be an absolute blatant all out lie from the NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg, who told reporters on Thursday that the significant movement of Russian troops into Ukraine's border in preparation for major war games is the biggest Russian deployment there since the Cold War. Yet in the same article or a similar article, it says that it looks like there are 30,000 troops there. Whereas when I went back to September and looked at the troop movements during the big war games in September, it was 200,000. So it's not the biggest one since the Cold War, unless he's defining it in a certain way to make it look cute. But I feel like the one thing that you are absolutely not seeing is that the that this whole troop movement, the whole evidence they have of Putin's aggression is war games. And I also think it's important for people who haven't heard me cover this before that the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline that is going to double the amount of gas flowing from Russia to Germany, and Germany's a huge gas buyer from Russia, that's completed and ready to go online. It's just waiting for regulatory approval. Germany said the only thing that could keep us from turning that thing on is if Russia invades Ukraine. So Biden said, hold my beer. And that's what we're looking at right now, in my opinion. Yeah, they were advertised on CNN about this false flag that Russia is going to put out. And they're saying that they've already hired 
crisis actors. They they got a video. They're going to be recording it, and if it releases, then it's going to give Putin what he needs to to justify the invasion. And, and they're just really priming priming us to look out for this horrific. I mean, they're describing it as a horrific video that they're going to they're potentially going to release, getting us ready to not believe that. And my problem with them telling us that we can't believe this future video that Russia may or may not release is that this is coming from the same people who tells us that in no way was January 6th provocateur. If you say that there happened to be an agent in there that was stirring up trouble, then you're a crazy conspiracy theorist, even though we heard the video of the people at the CFR saying that they have black propaganda agents going into the QAnon group stirring up trouble. So we know that they do it, yet they tell us we're crazy if we say it. Yeah, there is actually even a better example, I think, that we talked about yesterday. I can't remember what it was, but where they take something that happened historically, where we were at fault, they flip the script and repeat it. Were we talking about something like that yesterday, where they flip the script? Yes, it's we like, were. That's it's exactly right what point. I can't remember what it yeah, was. I yeah, know, I can't remember. But I'm going to I want to read you the two quotes from the Pentagon press secretary, John Kirby, just to point out like how how blatant this is and just crafting a narrative in advance. Do you mind? Yeah, go ahead. So Pentagon press secretary John Kirby said U.S. officials say they have evidence that Russia has developed a plan approved at high levels in Moscow to create a pretext for invading Ukraine by falsely pinning an attack on Ukraine forces that could involve alleged casualties, not only in eastern Ukraine, but also in Russia. So the way I read that is we are going to kill people in Ukraine and commit excursions into Russia to provoke a response, but we're going to blame it on Russia because we want some face saving on this side, but we simply must have an invasion or we can't get Germany to sell to their people that their gas won't be cheap and prevalent like they had been promised. And there's one more. Yeah, let's hear it. It says to therefore justify their action as part of this fake attack. We believe that Russia would produce, and this is what you were talking about, a very graphic propaganda video, which would include corpses and actors that would be depicting mourners and images of destroyed locations, as well as military equipment in the hands of Ukraine, even to the point where some of this equipment would be made to look like it was Western supplied. I mean, I've seen that in um, the school shooting in Pakistan. I've seen that in the Syrian um, chemical weapons attack, where it is... They are absolutely red-handedly, uh, the media is portraying something that the West did as being something the other side did. And it's not a false flag. It's a false, false flag. They have spent the past five years calling people dangerous and crazy who bring up stuff like this and say there's potential false flags or fake actors, crisis actors, whatever. You're outcast from society by the media if you do that. Now, they are the ones doing it, expecting us to just accept it wholesale. It is them who is fracturing society, who is undermining the trust in the institutions. It is not the people who they say are conspiracy theorists. It is them. They are doing it. Yeah, well, Putin accused the U.S. of trying to goad him into war. I think that's pretty funny. And also... He uh, he points out repeatedly that it's a big threat for him if Ukraine, for example, gets absorbed into NATO, because if every time he goes to put his 
security forces on the border of his country if he's facing what's clearly a hostile um, organization. He doesn't want us to have the excuse to put American troops right up against. It's like the Rio Grande, like right up against it if Ukraine is in NATO. He is worried about that. And he also pointed out that Ukraine made an agreement with the the so-called separatists. They're not really separatists. What they want they don't want to join Russia and Russia doesn't want to join them. What they want is some autonomy from the Kiev government, because the first thing the Kiev government did after they overthrew the democratically elected president with the uh, machinations of Victoria Nuland, that is absolutely in evidence. The first thing they did was ban Russian as an official language. And those people speak Russian. That's their language. They need that autonomy. Kiev agreed with it in the Min- Minsk agreement Minsk agreement, and did not follow through with that. So Putin's just asking for things that are completely reasonable, in my opinion. And we're setting him up as a massive aggressor because I think we want to use it as leverage um, to coerce the Germans into not turning on that gas pipeline. But then what is what is um, Putin going to do? You can't he can he can he just roll over? Can he do nothing? I mean, it's just there. It's it's an atrocity. It is an atrocity. And Putin may very well want this as much as the United States does. So it might be serving his best interests as well. So they're all totally. I don't don't trust him at all. I don't trust. I wouldn't trust him either. But he wants to sell gas to Germany. This is not what he wants. This is undermining a, a major revenue stream for them. And the Ukraine thing, a Syria thing, all has to do with the gas. I think we're. I think it's just a power politics around energy. I think the world is run by con artists, and once all the people wake up to that, then they will lose their power. That well, let's keep opinion. waking them up in the XR. All right, fantastic. Thank you, Monica, for your news and insights. Thank you guys for watching. Do we have any shout-outs just before we? Not. Not right now, except for that tomorrow's the DPP, and I cannot wait. I just posted a really fantastic drink recipe to Monica Mixes called the Golden Gun. I also tweeted it if you want to click through. It's going to be delicious, and we have legit bat. It is going to be a tiki party, baby. The Golden Gun sounds like the name of a Bond film. Totally. So it's going to be cool. So Thank you guys for good. watching. You can find the Drive Time News Blast every week afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to the extra content I was telling you about, go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report and sign up there. We'll talk to you tomorrow or in the DMB XR.